Punctual to the minute, as always. <laughs> well, this is one doctor's appointment I'm eager to keep. <laughs> nice of you to say so, my boy. Draw up your usual chair and make yourself comfortable. Thanks. Well, doctor, today is April the 1st. Did uh, anyone try and play any jokes on you? Yes, we did, Mr. Bartow, but I'm happy to say that nobody caught me. Uh, not as in the story that I'm going to tell you tonight, when an April Fool's Day prank certainly scored a bullseye. I see you have the dispatch box out again, Doctor. Been refreshing your memory? Yes, I have, Mr. Bartell. And when I tell you the adventure took place in 1881, I think you'll agree that after such a lapse of time, a man can hardly rely on memory alone. 1881? Say, Doctor, tonight's adventure must have been one of the really early ones. Yes, it was indeed. In fact, to be exact, it took place only a little while after Sherlock Holmes and I had first met and taken up lodgings together. How was the great detective in those early days? <laughs> Profound mystery to me, Mr. Bartell. To give you an example, my boy, I'd shared our Baker Street lodgings with him for over a month before I was even certain of his profession, the knowledge of which I learnt to my awe and astonishment when our first adventure together took place. Well, that was the one you called a study in scarlet, wasn't it, That's Doctor? That's right, Mr. Bartell. The memory you got study in scarlet. Uh, but even after that adventure, I found myself wondering at times what I had let myself in for, sharing lodgings with the strange companion. It was in one of those moods of doubt and confusion that my story begins. Late one March evening, I found myself in the neighborhood of Piccadilly Circus. It was cold, and a steady drizzle of rain had dampened my spirits. I thought that a glass of wine and the sound of music would put me in a better mood. And, and so, Mr. Bartell, I entered the Criterion restaurant. As I sat with a glass of rare vintage port at my elbow, the orchestra playing a dreamy Strauss waltz in the background, I couldn't help thinking of the last time that I'd been there. It was the night I met a young medical student by the name of Stamford. He was the man who first introduced me to Sherlock Holmes. Suddenly, I felt a clap on my shoulder. I turned, and to my amazement, once again, young Stamford was standing before me. Watson, or should I say Dr. Watson? How are you, my dear chap? Hello, Stamford. Come and sit down. Thanks. I'm glad to see that you're not holding any grudge against me. Why on earth should I do that? for introducing you to Sherlock Holmes. I've reproached myself ever since. I think he's as mad as a hatter. Not at all. He may be eccentric. In fact, I'll admit that he is eccentric, but he's an extraordinarily interesting fuller. He'll make a great name for himself as a private detective one of these days. You'll see if I'm not right, Stamford. I saw something about him in the paper the other day. Yes, I expect that was the Lauriston Gardens affair, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it was. He's a brilliant man, Stamford. Quite brilliant. Mm. Though I must admit he's difficult at times. He works like a fiend as a rule, but occasionally a reaction sets in for days at a time. He'll lie on our sofa, hardly uttering a word or moving a muscle from morning to night. It's depressing, I must say. I think he takes himself too seriously. Yes, perhaps you're right. How would you like to join in a little plot? Plot? Uh, against Holmes? Yes, yes, uh, just a rag, you know. We thought it'd be rather fun. We? Murphy and I, we were just talking about it. I'll call him over. Murphy? Oh, is that Murphy? I I've seen him before somewhere, haven't I? I'm sure you must have done. He's been around at the hospital, and any time you go into the British Museum, you'll find him there. Nice fellow, but dull, definitely dull. Uh, yes, Stamford. Oh, uh, this is a friend of mine, John Watson. Uh, this is James Murphy. How do you do? I think I've seen you at the hospital. And I know I've seen you, Dr. Watson. Oh, sit down and come and join us, won't you? Oh, thank you very much. I was just telling Watson about our little plot. Oh, you, you, you mean about uh, Sherlock Holmes? Now, now, look here. I'd like you fellows to realize that Holmes is a very good friend of mine. Oh, don't worry, Watson. This is all in good fun. Don't you realize what the date is tomorrow? First of April, isn't it? Yes, April Fool's Day. Oh, now I see. You're going to play an April Fool's Day joke on... 
On Holmes? Yes, that's our plan. Well, it's hardly our plan, Stamford. It's really Lady Anne Partington's idea. You see, Holmes was very rude to her when she visited the hospital recently, and she wants to, uh, well, you know, take him down a peg or two. Oh, sounds innocent enough, but I must say he's inclined to be rather arrogant at times. Well, what's, what's the plan? Well, we'll need your help, Watson. You must be careful not to give the joke away. I'll bet you a fiver that Holmes falls for the whole story, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> now, here's exactly what we're planning to do. Lady Anne is going to call on Holmes at Baker Street in the morning. Lady Anne, I'm very flattered that you've called to see me in my professional capacity. Surely, my dear man, you didn't think this was a social call. You were much too rude to me at the hospital the other day for that. <laughs> that was the point I was trying to make. Uh, please sit down, won't you? Here, take this chair, won't you, Lady Anne? It's by far the most comfortable chair in the room. Oh, thank you, Dr. Watson. And now, what can I do to help you? You've heard of the Elphinstone Emerald. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. A magnificent stone of very considerable value. An heirloom in your family, I believe. Yes, Mr. Holmes. I keep it in a wall safe in my bedroom. 